is lead and believe. I believe, Benny. Now can you help me lead? Oh, boy, Brad. Here we go again. Absolutely. This is a podcast for leaders who want to build a world-class culture. I'm Brad Gustafson. And I'm Ben Gilpin. Season two of Lead and Believe. What did we do right last season? How did this contract get renewed? What, what's your contract for? Did I make out better than you than this one? <laughs> you clearly, they, they, um, they booted me. Actually, no, they didn't boot me. They just shipped me off to colder lands up north, but um, I'm closer to Minnesota now. Nice. So that's a whole other discussion. But yes, they did pick us up. Now, what did we do right last year? Man, we had some fantastic guests last year. Yeah. And we're going to have to really up the ante this year. But today, as we kick off season two, people are just going to get you and I. That's what we do for our guests. We're just great hosts because we're going to set the bar low. We're going to talk leadership and some underpinning belief systems and, and things connected to leadership. And then that way, when we bring in the heavy hitters, they are going to look so good compared to what we talk about today. Actually, I'm just kidding because when you and I connected today, I always loved the pre-show planning and conversation and stuff. And we check in, of course, like a lot of human beings do. How you doing? And you said something that caught my attention and I was feeling the same way. And I'm like, we got to talk about this. So we sc- scrapped everything else. And why don't you just say, when I said, how you doing, Ben, what did, what was your response? Oh, this is as authentic as it gets people. So <laughs> um, how you doing? And my response is I am better than I should be. Yes. I'm way better than I should be. And, and I don't even completely know why, but I am better than I should be. Yep. And that resonated for me because partly it's been a rough, few years, you know, and then even today had had its moments. And I'm sitting here thinking, kind of after you said that, I'm like, I should probably be in kind of a rough spot right now, but I am feeling pretty good. And and that's a little bit different in full disclosure, because that's kind of what we do here. One thing I appreciate about you, Ben, and I always have is we just, I feel like we're just pretty authentic and put it out there for, for better or worse. And sometimes it's actually helpful just to, to know that other human beings are feeling certain ways and struggling or succeeding with things. But anyway, it's been a rough couple of years. And I wish last year I would have been in this place that I'm at right now, like better. I'm feeling better than I should be because last year I was feeling about as <laughs> challenged as, as I should have been. Like it was rough and it should, you know, it felt rough. Uh, not making any sense. It was a struggle last year, Ben. So I'm hoping today we can kind of lean into why, why right now are we maybe feeling a little bit better than we deserve to be or than we should be? So let me just, why don't, let's just answer that. Why, Ben, what is it do you think that has you feeling relatively okay amidst the challenges of leadership? Well, you know, why am I doing better? Well, let's see. I can tell you that um, number one, I feel like um, mindset. Mindset is really important. Uh, number two. Wait, what cliche alert? What do you mean when you say that? Like, what are you speaking about when when you say mindset? Or just t- unpack that a teeny bit more, Ben. Okay, so mindset. Well, one of my daily, I shouldn't say daily, almost daily routines is putting something, um, some type of a quote, some type of a, a short saying or a mantra on Twitter, or as it's now called X. And it really is kind of a mental focus for myself just to kind of, just to kind of frame the day. And I try to stay more in the moment. I think as far as mindset goes, it's also about um, focusing on what I can control. 
And I think that for me, as, as I'm aging, as I'm getting up there, not as old as you, Brad, <laughs> but as I'm aging. It's like a month, people. It's a month. Don't let them. It's all smoke and mirrors here. Can I? <laughs> I just want to. It's fascinating, Ben, the parallels here. But one thing I'll just connect to is last year, I think a lot of my struggle, and I didn't necessarily know it at the time, but just in reflecting, like, why was that so hard? And when I, when I say hard, I really mean like questioning, like just my ability to do this work as well as I can and make a difference for people, like having kind of those serious, serious thoughts. And, and that's not a fun place to, to, to wonder. But one of the things that I think I got caught up in last year was thinking about and wishing and worrying and wondering what other people could or should do to make a difference as opposed to focusing on like this year, what you just said, what can I control? However big, however small, what can I do that will actually make a difference for myself, for the people I serve, for my family? And what I'm coming to learn then is that there is a gosh darn lot that I can do, even if it's small, and that those small things really can add up. Look at you, a little bit of Mayberry in there with your gosh darn as well. I know, I know. <laughs> you know, But you're right, you're right. I completely agree with you that you've, I mean... Focusing on what we can control is a big deal. And, and I, you know, I think there was the younger version of myself tried to control way more than was in my scope. And as I've learned, as I've learned, I feel like I now can influence and I can impact, but I can't control others. So my actions, my words, my, my intentions can positively or negatively impact others, or they can positively or negatively influence others. Now, I tend to, as a leader, I try to do it in a positive manner. But I also know that sometimes people can misunderstand or need more clarity. And sometimes the message may get construed negatively, but the intent is to help others. And I can't control them, but I can positively influence, positively impact others. We talk at our school, and I just am pretty open with our team about as much as I want to be optimistic, and I believe that there's immense value in that, I also don't want to be toxically, I don't know if toxically is a word, but toxically positive or whatever that thing is. Yes. So I'm trying to just put that out there because there could be people listening saying like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You're just going to tell me to be toxically positive. God, I cannot talk today. I don't even know if that's the word. I'll look it up later. But what would you say, Ben? How is what we're talking about different or how how might we think it's different than just ignoring things that are hard? Because I do think it's different. I haven't exactly examined how it's different, but I'd love to hear what you think. So recently I've jumped into a book. The gentleman's name is Brad Stahlberg and he writes the book Master of Change. And I love this. Um, he's coined this phrase called tragic optimism. And honestly, I think it embodies me and probably you too. Tragic optimism is you're going to be real. You're going to be authentic. You're going to be genuine. You want to empathize. You want to support people. You know that life has ups and downs and the ebb and flow, the seasons of life can kick our butts, but we're also optimistic and we're also hopeful that better days are ahead, that that good things are going to happen. And so you know, one of the things, and and not to get not to get like overly religious, but 
But I always will say to myself, I'm not going to be given something I can't handle. And so that leans into my own faith. And so that'll be a conversation I have internally. But that's another way that I try to stay optimistic. But again, I'm real. And that's where I like that phrase, tragic optimism. I think that embodies me and maybe you too, my friend. What? Yeah. Full disclosure, you cut out there just for a tiny bit. I think I cut the gist of what you were saying, but just to, to let you know that. What do you think is the difference in between maybe how you're doing now, and I hope this isn't too personal, and maybe how you or me were doing last year or two years ago? Because I wish I'd be maybe listening to two people talk about this last year because I really just needed extra perspective. And I was, I think I was, well, it feels weird and bad to say this. I think parts of me were recoiling at just how hard things were. And I, there was some, there was a mismatch in my skill set, my mindset, what I was equipped to deal with. And I've just come to learn that it, a lot of it was the narrative I attached, attached to things. So anyway, what has flipped for you, Ben? Yeah. So quite a bit has changed for me. I've adjusted. I've, I've gone from the principalship at Warner where you know, for 13 years, that's what I did to now I'm now I'm up north. I'm the superintendent up here in, in uh, northern Michigan at Nuego. And, you know, that's one piece. Another one, um, moving the family. Another one is my my son went off to college. I mean, there's a lot of things that have that have created change. But one thing when I think about my values and I think about those core pieces that matter to me is and I know this is going to sound really simple, but it's it's a growth mindset. It's that ability to take on challenges. It's the willingness to say, I don't exactly know what's going to happen, but I also know that I'm a problem solver and I'm going to figure it out. And I tend to believe, again, I know I feel like a bit of a broken record, Brad, but I, I tend to think that my younger version tried to control the outcome yes. rather, rather than just being able to deal with change. Yep. I'm going to echo that. I think when things have been hardest and I haven't been doing okay in life or been struggling more, I think I closed my, my identity, my happiness, my mindset is very enmeshed or intertwined with outcome as opposed to process and controlling really who I want to be or deciding like, here's been a game changer for me. And it's connected to mindset. Like, approaching any situation. And just, I, I think about this so many times now, and I never used to then literally, I shouldn't say never, maybe once a year, I might have a, have thought about it. But now it's like many times a day, who do I want to be in this moment? Not just when I wake up, but when things are hard, if a student is struggling, if I'm struggling, if there's 50 things happening at once, and I got to figure out which one of them matters most in the moment, like who do I want to be? I know who I don't want to be, and in the past, sometimes I went to that just instinctively, you know, imperfectly went to that sometimes. So it's been a hey, lot. Can of, I tell you? Yeah. But can I tell you something? I, I got to tell you something, because in previous shows with you, you made a statement that is sunken deep with me. You made a statement about I can't remember which which show we were on. I can't remember the context, but you made a point of saying the context was what would a great blank do? What would a great leader do? What would a great principal do? What would a great teacher do? What would a great dad do? What would a great mom do? And you made that statement about what would a great blank do? And I can tell you that when when the stress level goes up for me, 
I go right back to your words. And I say to myself, what would a great leader do right now? And it allows me to slow the moment down and process. Because I do think that sometimes what happens is we feel very reactionary. Like we got to go, go, go. We have to make an instantaneous decision. And sometimes in that instant, we're trying to control things, but we're also, we also haven't really processed it fully. So our stress level is very high. So I appreciate your words because they've allowed me to slow down in the moment. Yeah. One of the things I just heard you say, like slowing things down, that's, that's a hard thing. And I think in education, I don't think I'm alone in that. So for a while here, the last several months, I just kind of had the mentality, like, how can we slow it down in situations where, and whether it's taking a breath before you respond on the walkie talkie, or just um, knowing that you're going to be enough, it's going to be okay, as you're needed in three or five spots, but you go to one, you're fully present, you handle it, you communicate, you get to another one. And just kind of having that narrative, but also coaching others and and just making sure that we all know it's okay to slow it down. And we can maybe better to be fully present in one spot than to be fragmented and frantic and trying to be in 10 spots at once or, or cover everything. So that's, you're just, it's almost like therapy here, Ben, you're unearthing some things that I haven't thought super deeply about with any other human being. It's just kind of been an internal thought processes and things that I've, I've done. I see what you did there with the unearth. It's well done. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so my friend, as we wrap up season two, kickoff season two, episode one, lead and believe, you know, let's, let's kind of wrap this up a little bit because obviously this isn't necessarily going to fix anything, but you know, here's what I do hope before we yeah. get to our final closing remarks is I hope people will listen to this and connect and, and realize that, that if they're in that situation where they're better than they should be, or maybe they're not, they're not alone. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that one. And then how, cause I always like to be around and I don't always notice it in the moment, but I eventually I notice it, like whether it's the drive home from work or whatever, but when I'm in rooms where people are elevating the thinking and the conversation, and I, it happens a lot at work where I'm with teachers who just elevate just through their poise, their grace, their problem solving, their kind of c- controlling the smaller things, you know, or influencing the smart things. And I just go home and I think I want to be like that. I want to do that. Or that was effective. And I think about why was that effective? And it, it gets people unstuck and it just elevates people. But anyway, the reason I share all that is I'm hoping that you and I can keep trying to create spaces where we elevate each other and share how we've been elevated in lives, you know, and then kind of indirectly then trying to help other people too, but ultimately just learning with you. I feel a little guilty for agreeing. Usually I like to not agree with everything you've said, but Ben, I was just shaking my head with so many things. So it's fascinating. I'd love to hear from other people too, if they, I don't know if it's an online deal or on social media, is Ben in my experience unique? And are some of kind of our mindsets or or I don't know, solutions or small steps, did, are they familiar? Or, or did we just, um, what's the word? Was it just coincidence? And are there lots of other ways to look at this? That'd be interesting too. You talked about closing remarks. And for season two, we got a change up for you. As a result of this conversation, Ben, what is something that you, you want to lead differently or you want to believe differently just as a result of what you learned or, or thought about the last, I don't know, what, 
10, 15 minutes. That makes sense? It does. It does. What changed? What changed in the last 15 minutes? <laughs> so to know me is to know that um, I have this um, affection, maybe, and this is going to be a little sci-fi on you, time travel. And so, you know, I've always thought in my mind, if I could go back and tell my younger self something. So I'm just going to tell you, if I could go back and tell my younger self something, I would talk to myself about control. But I would also talk to myself about you don't have to take it all so personal. You can be passionate. You can be dedicated. You can love what you do. And it doesn't have to you don't have to take disagreement personal. And and I think my younger self took things so personally that I my ebb and flow, my up and down was probably unhealthy because I wanted everybody to agree with me all the time, including you, my friend, which rarely happens. But today it did. So that's my time travel. It sure did. I didn't think I could appreciate appreciate you anymore, Ben Gilpin. But now you're talking about sci-fi and time travel. Gosh. Reach through that screen and give me a hug. This is amazing. How did I not know this? Yep. For me, the thing that I, the thing that changed for me in the last 15 minutes or so, I think is the conversation like this is cementing, but I know the way that I operate, I'll think and things will float through my mind and, and connect later on tonight and tomorrow too. But I just want to start talking a little bit more about things like how we think about the work we get to do and how we think about challenges because I used to recoil a little bit. I mean, in a, in a surface level, I buy into mindset. I always have, who could argue with it? I just have a deeper appreciation for it because it's so real, the difference it makes now. So what changed is just talking to you and hearing some of these experiences has me almost doubling or tripling down on the fact that I'm quite convinced I can be a better leader by listening to other people and engaging with them in conversations like this, just to sharpen myself, but also the glean, glean perspective. So mm, I like it. I really do. All right, buddy. It is good. Season two is, I don't know if we're running, but we are off and jogging. Do we achieve a speed up jog today through this conversation? <laughs> do you jog? Do you even exercise? No, I'm talking about the, it's a metaphor, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that happens. So if if uh, if people could see this episode, here's what they would see. They would see that uh, I, my friend, am wearing a, a tie, whereas you've got the jacket on, but there is no tie. So point uh, one for the Michigander today. Yeah, and I will not go into great detail. I'm still at work. I will not go into great detail about this. I did start the day with a tie, so I no longer have a tie on, and that's sometimes you just gotta gotta roll with things, Benny. Point one, Michigander. So, okay, people, as you listen to this episode, we'd love to get your feedback for Lead and Believe. Season two, episode one, what's your take? What is your take when it comes to when maybe you're better than you should be or maybe you're not? What's your take? Love to hear from you. Use the hashtag Lead and Believe and connect with us on social media as well. Till next time. Thanks, Brad. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Benny. Creating a world-class culture requires intention and optimism. And sometimes it's the small steps a leader takes that matter the most. We hope today's conversation helps you move hearts and mountains as you lean and believe. believe.